Super Awesome Mix is brought to you by DLM. Make shopping easy with DLM, the one-stop shop for all your casual clothing needs. Shop DLMSupplyCo.com and enter the promo code AWESOME at checkout to save 15% off your first purchase. That's DLMSupplyCo.com. Welcome back to another super awesome mix. My name is Matt Sidholm, alongside my co-host and co-founder of Super Awesome Mix, Samer Abu Salbi. Samer, how are we doing this week? Doing real well. I am actually um, in Texas visiting my family, so I'm recording in a new location. Um, I found a nice, comfortable spot. It turns out there's such a thing as a walk-in closet. I had no idea these existed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been pretty amazing let me tell you <laughs> yeah normally you're recording from like a hall closet right yes yes yeah. i i shove myself in i replace the luggage that normally sits there and then uh just kind of squeeze in um uh, it's, it's a dedication it is and it's motivation to stay fit you know um because <laughs> that's right <laughs> if if i wasn't then I literally couldn't do these recordings, but enough about that. Um, we have an amazing guest. Now, I think our second longest distance away from where we normally record. He comes to us from the UK. Um, London, I believe, Mark, is that correct? That is, yeah. I'm not in a, I'm not in a cupboard, though, just to make that very clear. <laughs> um, I, I didn't get that memo. You're so, a full-size yeah, no, human in, being, <laughs> and you're in a normal-size room, I, I, is what um, you're telling us. I know. Although it is as nearly as hot as Texas, I believe, because uh, we're having a bit of a heat wave over here right now. So, uh, yes, but no, no luggage, no luggage anywhere. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, so, yeah, we're joined by Mark Jennings uh, in London, and he runs a, um, a really cool fan website called Subaculture. If you want to tell us a, a little bit about that before we get into your mix. Sure. Yeah. So, um, Subba is all about letting the fans review the music they love. So, we came up with a, a sort of play that we don't believe that um, the old style journalistic review is, is always the best way. And we want to democratize that process. So everyone is welcome to post reviews of anything from live music shows when they come back um, to new releases, albums, legacy stuff, whatever it is. It's kind of like a Yelp or TripAdvisor, but for music and festivals. And Mark, you mentioned you mentioned when shows come back, where are things at in the UK? Because we're starting to see shows get scheduled here in the united states but but how are things going in the uk well we uh had freedom day uh on monday which is the worst possible thing <laughs> um so we've we've gone through this process whereby it um nightclubs and uh, venues and all the different sort of uh, hospitality areas are opening up um tickets are selling like hotcakes um and it looks as though things are going to go back to not normality, but, you know, getting more regular uh, probably towards the end of the summer and into the fall. Um, so I don't think dissimilar to the States, um, but we're still having this slight uh, anticipation of people not being completely comfortable being in a, sure. in a you know, sort of crowded space with lots of people. So, right. yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So let's get into the mix. You start off with a great starter. And this is actually track one off their debut album, Oasis Rock and Roll Star. So, so why was this one the first one to, to kick us off here? So um, my teenage years were spent in the, the best part of Britpop. So when it all came to, to fruition and definitely maybe was uh, the first album I ever bought. And I think as debuts go, pretty sterling effort from, uh, from Oasis. Um, 
I had a pretty uh, unpleasant uh, school time, um, and it was one of those albums where I must have listened to it a thousand times on repeat, just to like really, you know, uh, as any teenager, sort of sitting in my room, just <laughs> just sitting there listening to the music, and it, it always excites me to this day whenever I hear this track. Um, the story of the of the making of the album is absolutely unbelievable as well. Um, it's doc- well documented in Supersonic, uh, which I believe is available on Netflix in the UK anyway. Um, and it's it's just a really great way to just crack open your first ever album. Um, so yeah, that's that's the short and simple bit. It is. Um, it's a great great song. I love the Oasis. Uh, one of their songs actually made my Desert Island mix from episode one. Um, which I think is going to be off of the album that we cover a little bit later in your mix. But the lyrics that that kind of I loved the song um, were then they said, I should feel my head. That to me was just a day in bed. I'll take my car and drive real far. For some reason, that just reminded me of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like just this whole <laughs> <laughs> just this whole thing of, you know, um, Cameron being in bed and, you know, and, and instead like getting him out to in, to take the joyride and the Ferrari and everything. So wonderful opener uh on your on your mix and yeah like matt said i have just been listening to this mix on repeat actually ever since he gave it to us because i'm a huge fan of Britpop. so um let's get into track two then you've got richard the third by supergrass yes there's a bit of a long story behind this one so um supergrass are one of the first indie bands i got into i think I, my first cd i ever bought was um all right time their uh, their single from the um from the man's uh, from the um first uh, supergrass album the second supergrass album was anticipated and this one i think is it's almost better than the first um and in amongst all of this they were doing some extensive touring in the uk um and one of the gigs was about a six hour drive from where i was in in cornwall um in what's now the eden project which is uh, a big quarry with a massive greenhouse in it huge different uh, biodomes and i decided to invite two friends who bought tickets and on the day of the event they basically both phoned up and, and cancelled to say listen dude six hour drive can't do it not the biggest fans you know uh, we're, we're just going to pull out and i was like right heaven for it i'm going to do this i i love these guys i'm going to make the effort here we go so I drove to cornwall on my own um uh, Billy No Mates, uh, found a place to stay, um, went on down to the venue, and in the midst of everything, I bumped into a, an old friend of mine out of the middle of nowhere from London and had the best night at a gig ever. It's still to this day probably one of my favourite ever gigs. Um, and then after the show, so the setting was phenomenal, they did all the hits, it was just brilliant. Uh, sun's going down over the quarry, picturesque as it could be. And I was just in the midst of, at the end, going to the, the bathroom. And I went the wrong way around the back of the stage and bumped into oh, the band. No Whoa. So to culminate the, the entire experience, I met the band, had an amazing evening. And it was, you know, the effort versus reward. It was just mind-blowing. So this is one of my favorite tracks of theirs. <laughs> that's, that's an amazing story. <laughs> wow. I love that. That just makes me feel like anytime I want to say no to something because, like, the plans slightly change, I'm just going <laughs> to rethink that and be like, well, you know, what if I bump into, like, Dave Grohl randomly? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But that, and that was it. So I, I kind of went back to him after this and said, oh, yeah, so uh, what did you go to this weekend? And I was like, dude, I went. And I, I met the band, by the way, and it was, like, the best <laughs> night ever. So screw you guys. Completely <laughs> worth a six-hour drive, man. That's that incredible. Great. I love it. This was, um, yeah, this is a great track too. Um, just love pop punk feel to it, right? Um, and then I actually, I didn't recognize Supergrass at first, but then I realized that they have a track called All Right, um, which listeners may know from the Clueless soundtrack. 
um, which has a great soundtrack. We recently asked that on our social media. Um, you know, what's our favorite movie soundtrack? That's a good one. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yes. So that was, that was the first CD I ever bought as a nice. single. Um, and although their previous single, which was Man Size Rooster, is a hell of a lot cooler. This one was more, like you said, it was part of the, the Clue soundtrack and it was a bit more sort of like mm-hmm. poppy. It's, it's still a great tra- track. So, yeah. All right. So getting into track three now, listeners are probably going to be maybe most familiar with this song, Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. Um, obviously a huge, uh, huge hit for The Verve, probably their biggest hit ever and a big hit over here in the United States. Uh, speaking of soundtracks, this was on the Cruel Intentions soundtrack, if people remember that movie from the late 90s. But um, yeah, just a standout hit for them, uh, at least internationally, for sure. But Mark, talk about why this one made the mix. Yeah, so the, the Verve are just an unbelievable band. Um, I've had the privilege from working on Subbert to actually interview one of the band members as well. Um, and they they just approach everything, in, in my opinion, in just such a fresh, different way. Um, I forgot that it was part of the Cool Intention soundtrack. That's great knowledge. Um, the reason it made it, I think, onto the soundtrack, because the Verve, in my opinion, are a band with a number of different um hits um they one of their previous albums northern soul is is by far my favorite of theirs um and i listen to it religiously um it made such a big impact in the uk because uh, at that point mtv was you know blowing things away and the video of of um i'm gonna struggle to remember his surname but richard, richard uh, Ashcroft. if anyone wants thank you very much indeed richard Ashcroft walking down the high street bumping people out the way not giving a damn it, it was that a very iconic image that just blew everyone away um and the album itself is um, it's just unbelievable and i because of the hype surrounding that single when it came to be released as an album it was one of the first and own well, maybe one of the first uh, albums i queued outside a record shop to buy on release day um so yeah that was why it was a, a big deal for me that's awesome my experience with this song in a similar way, but a little bit later, was that this was one of the first songs that I downloaded on the internet uh, when that became a thing that you could do. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> because I remember hearing it on Cruel Intention soundtrack. And, you know, again, like, especially when you're younger, you don't have a lot of money to go buy a CD or a cassette. And, you know, then this thing called the internet came out. Um, and at the time, Napster was still a thing. So I connected via my, I think at the time, 288K modem, you know, if... if <laughs> listeners remember that um or even know what i'm talking about (laughs) and downloaded it that's probably slower than me actually queuing outside the shop to buy the (laughs) album that's right that's right yeah i'm sure it was um but such a great song i i think i could listen to that song on repeat for the rest of my life Uh, and i also agree i think this could actually go on our second hit wonders uh, mix matt that we did like a little while ago because they again they had a very prolific music career but most people probably know them for bittersweet symphony yeah, you know, you guys have both referenced sort of accessing music at that point in time in the 90s. And I was in college and, you know, look, looking <laughs> at these songs, a, a couple of them were familiar to me, but all of them came out, you know, about in the same era. But back then, if it didn't get radio play or if it wasn't on MTV, you know, there was no way to really connect any British pop. So that that was one of the things, Mark, I, I loved about this mix is I was discovering all this music of this era in my life that... I really had no way of accessing during that era of my life, but now I can kind of catch up on all this British pop. So, um, but yeah, this, this song got to us for sure here in the U S it was, it was interesting because the, the, the process of putting this together allowed me to really sort of think about the songs that meant 
or, or sort of created a very nostalgic feel. Um, and with The Verb, it's difficult because it's, it's definitely by no means my favourite song of The Verb. But I think the, the place it sort of cements itself in history, it, like you said, it, it creates that moment whereby they became mm-hmm. a band or became a known band. Whereas, I mean, other tracks on that, on that album um, are even better. You know, Drugs Don't Work, um, things like that. It's, there are just so many great, great songs from this band. Um, but yeah, people do tend to access them through this Sweet Symphony. All right, with that, let's move to track four. Um, you've got a great rock song, uh, 1996, the Riverboat Song by Ocean Color Scene. Yeah, so, <laughs> so this is a, this this is when the tables flipped on me from the Supergrass experience to Ocean Color Scene. So on Supergrass, I was like, I'm definitely going to this gig. I'm 100% in love with this band. This is definitely the best thing I'm going to do this year. Um, I had tickets to go and see Ocean Color Scene, and I, this song was playing nonstop in the UK. Like it was everywhere, um, and then the guy I was meant to be going with, and this must be me because my friends just drop out like, all the time. <laughs> um, he basically he'd lost his cell phone. It was like in the era of just everyone saying, "Have you got a cell phone? Yeah, I've got a cell phone. Oh my god, you've got a cell phone." This is like you know late nineties, sure, yeah. and he lost it. He lost his cell phone, and he got in so much trouble for it. But he never got back to me. Like, where are we going to meet? What's going to happen? <laughs> And obviously, in the transition from having like a landline, having a phone at home, and never having to worry about organising anything or having all the plans sorted out at once, we now got to the stage where it's like two minutes before we meet up, we can give each other a call and we can be. And I sort of like I, I couldn't get back to you know he hadn't got back to me. Sorry, I hadn't heard from him. So I was like, right, still saw this. I'm staying at home. One of my biggest regrets is not seeing Ocean Colour Scene live because he wouldn't come back to me. So yeah, wasted ticket. So now again, this song reminds me of some bad times, but it's a phenomenal song. That's great. Yeah, it's definitely a great song. And I I think, you know, what's funny is when I was listening to this, I thought the lead singer sounded pissed at whoever he was talking to. And so now that you tell that story, I'm like, yeah, okay, now I get it. I get why you picked this one. (laughs) It was because I never made it to his gig. He still is angry at me. Exactly. Exactly. But going back to to what you're saying about always say yes, I regret that decision immediately. (laughs) Immensely, I should say. That's great. Um, all right, track five, uh, we go to a band most people have probably heard of, Blur. Uh, they definitely had a couple huge hits, but you picked Park Life here, which is, which is a well-known song, especially for people who are pretty familiar with English football, um, especially, I, I think it's Chelsea who plays this before every match. Now, I don't know if this was a shout-out to your favorite club or uh, you picked the song for another reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm very definitely an Arsenal fan, unfortunately. So I'm, I'm North London, uh, so uh, it definitely wasn't for that. So for anyone listening, I'm, I'm not a Chelsea fan. Just to be very clear. Um, that's like classing me as a as a Mets fan. As the um, so yeah, my the reason for this is that in all this time, so through the '90s for Britpop, there was the probably the culmination of where everything went crazy was when Blur and Oasis were going head to head. And it wasn't through park life. It was through country. Um, oh God. It was through two other tracks. Um, and although my mind's gone blank, my memories of it being on the news, sales being reported on a daily basis, interviews of the band who, you know, these guys are Britpop. They don't give a damn, but they absolutely give a damn. Um, and it was the war of the two bands, which had never really happened before. You know, you've got the Stones and you've got the Beatles. They were never really at war at war. And these guys were definitely like, we don't speak to each other. We hate each other's guts sort of thing. That's how it's being portrayed. And then Oasis won the battle. Um, 
and it was a real pinnacle of where Britpop was and the, the meaning of, of the music at that stage, which was being reported across national news. So, yeah. That's so interesting. I had no idea that that was going on, to be honest. Um, again, I think to Matt's point earlier, it was like, I guess that, that type of news didn't really cross, cross the ocean um, and had no idea. That's really interesting. I'm trying to think of the two singles that are up against each other. I think it was it was definitely Country House by Blur, and the, uh, the other one was by Oasis. And I'm, I'm not sure if it was Don't Look Back in Anger or something else. But yeah, it was it was the big, big, this was the story that really mattered, these two bands. Blur, for me, I was introduced to them by song two, song number two. Um, mm-hmm. That was like my first introduction. I'm still, I could still play that song and enjoy it. And then the other one that I really liked is actually off of the same album, uh, Girls and Boys. I would listen to that one a lot. That's a fun one. Um, this this song is... Go ahead. Was, I was going to say, for me, it's, it was an arrogance factor as well, because I, it was like supporting teams, right? Like soccer teams. So I was like, right, I'm an Oasis fan. I only listen to Oasis. I'm, and so therefore, I didn't really get into Blur until a bit later. Um, and still to this day, my, my favorite Blur track is probably Coffee and TV. And it's it's weird how that sort of sense of belonging that I I don't support Chelsea. Were you insane? I'm an Arsenal fan. It was the same mentality. It's like I only want Oasis right. to do well. I only will buy all of their stuff. And it's like this is music for the life of God. This is like you know a shared interest of eclectic. Te- nope. Only That's Oasis. So great. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, let's uh, let's move on to track six. You've got "Life of Riley" by the Lightning Seeds. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have been watching the news recently on this side of the pond, but we have had just the, the biggest football tournament. Yes, yes. Um, and one of the the Lightning Seeds tracks was Three Lions, which is now our kind of go-to national football anthem. And it has a kind of negative connotation to some people in the fact that we're being very patriotic and it's, it's like football's coming home, you know. But the band themselves um, were very very well they were famous before they they launched that song and the life of riley was a huge hit for them over here and i thought that post the football to give an introduction to some of the other music that lightning seeds uh, produced this is this is one of my favorite songs of theirs so yeah what i loved reading up on the lightning seeds and and i'm, I'm familiar with the three lions song but uh the, their name came from a misheard lyric in prince's raspberry beret when he says thunder drowns out what the lightning sees the the lead singer read it or, or heard it as lightning seeds and nice. that's what he went with as his band name but i thought that was just such a funny note that uh it was just a misheard lyric because it's a really cool name the lightning seeds it is a cool name and i think this would uh, I, this would actually make a good father's day song whenever we do you know track two next year uh or, or volume two of that one yes um because the song is written to i believe his son right to his son riley yeah, and it's again, it's 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 really bizarre as well because um, over the course of the last month, there's been loads of TV interviews with um, uh, the band, and it, it's it's been kind of like, oh look, you've written this song for Three Lions. Oh, what's it? What's it come to mean to you? And it's like, dude, it was a football anthem we put together in like twenty minutes in a pub somewhere with two comedians. <laughs> and then they've got these other things where it's like the life of Riley, which, as you say, is dedicated to his son, a much more meaningful and and <laughs> emotional song. It's like. I, I also wrote that, so that's that's quite big for us. And I don't know if you've seen about a boy oh, yes. where you, um, yeah, so uh, you've got that sort of made millions yes. of one song, which didn't really make much difference. And they've got all the back catalogue of stuff, which was amazing. So yeah, that's anyway. great. 
Speaking of soundtracks, Sam, not to double back, but Badly Drawn Boys soundtrack to About a Boy is amazing and, and definitely worth checking out for the listeners out there. Um, but I digress. Um, we talked about where your loyalty lies in the battle of Oasis and Blur, and Oasis on this mix wins two to one because here's their second appearance yeah. with Talk Tonight. And um, this was the B-side to Wonderwall here in the U.S. So anybody who bought the single Wonderwall, this was on the other side. And uh, really, really interesting thought, song. I really thought to myself, you could have told me this was a Stone Temple Pilot song, and I could see them pulling this off. But um, yeah, p- tell me why you picked this second Oasis song for the mix. So it's interesting for a different reason for the uh, B-side, because I think it was the B-side to some might say in the UK. Um, the reasons on the mix, though, was uh, for a moment in my teenage years. And this is the only moment I've ever done this, apart from karaoke. So um, my kind of group of friends uh, were all in bands and I am no, I have no musical talent, can't sing, can't play an instrument or anything. And we've, we've managed to convince the local bar that we should do like a college night or a high school night as it would be for us. And it'd be like, right, we've got three bands who are all you know, aspiring teenage musicians who think they can play a tune. Oh, does anyone else fancy giving it a go? And I was like, yeah, I do. I'm amazing. Let me be part of this. Oh, yeah. So... At that point in time, I was in love with this song, Talk Tonight, and it, it charts um, when Noel, I think, has a right. falling out with the rest of the band and, and basically gets on a plane and ends up in the middle of nowhere and gets picked up by a stranger. And the idea of this song is, is fantastic, but I had no knowledge of this. I had no emotional connection with the lyrics. I just thought it was a great song. And so <laughs> the night of the gig comes, and I'm talking to my buddy, and he's like, look, dude, we haven't done much rehearsal because I've been working with the other band, but look, let's just go in the bathroom we're going to try it out for 20 minutes. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I'd stupidly taken my parents' VC, uh, sorry, a camcorder um, to be able to film mm-hmm. the gig. So there's, an, there's film, film footage of me somewhere looking like a complete ridiculous nutcase trying to sing very, very softly to talk to tonight in the most badly lit back <laughs> room of a bar in our local area. Wow. And I don't know where that... I, I hope it never gets found. I, I was going to say, we've got to but, track um, this down somehow. <laughs> it's, it's like going to turn up on my 50th right. or something, or my mum, yeah, or the wedding day or something stupid. But yeah, I always um, feel like... It's I always awful. feel like stuff like that is like if if you were ever to commit a crime, like that's the file footage they would show of you. Like Mark <laughs> yeah. Jennings seen here singing terribly. And, <laughs> and, the- and honestly, Paul, the guy that um, the guy that I was singing with, so he was playing guitar. It's a guy actually um, helped, uh, sort of founded Subra as well. And you can see on the look of his face, like this is not the way this should be done. I, I am not entertaining this idea. And there's me in dark glasses. With a tambourine, wow. I can't. So I, I can't. I can't multitask. So I'm singing while I'm playing tambourine. <laughs> I'm not doing both, and I'm trying to look like a kind of young Liam Gallagher, and he doesn't even sing oh the song. Oh my goodness! This sounds amazing. If we had a team of research people, I, I would put them right on this. <laughs> yeah, if we had a crack research staff, they would they would dig this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome um let's move to to track eight which you know speaking of like not really knowing music from across the way growing up here in the united states this is actually one of the songs that made its way to me through um 
through a friend of mine, ready to go by Republica. And it was, I mean, I had that on replay the second that it was introduced to me, probably for like six months. I was so obsessed with this song, but no one knew it. Like none of my friends knew, you know, what it was. If I mentioned it, they would just kind of like tilt their head and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. So it was so exciting to see you put this on this mix because like, oh my God, yes, I loved this song growing up. Um, and it was one of the few that, that made its way to me that wasn't just, you know, playing on the radio all the time. So why did it make uh, track eight for you? Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in. And go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. So there are a few songs that I think define the Britpop era in the UK. And I think this is one of them. Um, there i'm sure it's on some movie trans track as well I, I i can't remember what it is uh, it might even be called intentions to be fair um but it, it defines this movement really really well it's a phenomenal track republica you know at their peak and um i think they should have more recognition for this it's you know it's one of those songs like you said you come across it, it's like this is great who is it um obviously a little bit more prolific in the uk but yeah this this is kind of like one of my as the song goes very definitive representation of Britpop in the uk yeah, and it's actually, you're right, it was featured on, I actually found it was a pretty long list of like TV shows and soundtracks that featured this song uh, during that era. And, you know, Sam, I had a different experience with this song because I heard it in a lot of like basketball arenas and stuff like that. Oh, really? So whoever had discovered it, yeah, like you, you'd go to a game and this song would start playing and I didn't know who it was, right? But it was obviously like, you, you think about getting that really loud in, in an arena setting type thing, people are getting fired up, so... So, no, I, I kind of knew that song, but kind of same thing. Like, who sings this? I, I just know it's ready to go, ready to go. Like, you know. Um, no, definitely definitely a great song. I was going to say, again, with, with a lot of these tracks, I've tried to make it so it's a great introduction to the rest of their uh, their catalogue. Um, and they're, then they're by no means a one-hit wonder by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, go listen. <laughs> so, track nine. So, speaking of not a one-hit wonder... Okay, Radiohead, <laughs> um, who's been a massive su- success, obviously. Um, but you picked uh, what was the last single off their second studio album, um, The Benz. So the album was called The Benz. The single is called The Benz. Um, tell us why you picked this Radiohead song out of you know their huge catalog. Yeah, it's uh, where do you start with Radiohead? Like, I mean, just where? Um, and. I, to this day, I whenever I'm sort of like, all oh, right, I need to pick me up. I need something to do. And Radiohead's the go-to band for me. Um, the the reason for this song uh, again is a nostalgia moment of um, when I was driving up to college um, or seeing friends, or whatever. I always had this in the car, and I came back to playing CDs in the car. How old am I? <laughs> um, and I put the CD in the car, and it, as you hit the the, the highway the Benz comes on and it's like this explosive opening, a phenomenal song. The sun might be shining. You're just in the middle. It's just, 
one of those songs that che- it just makes me think about that moment or those moments every time and um i love it for that um and i think that so we've just recently because of obviously everything that's been going on with the pandemic a lot of the um historical glastonbury footage uh, that's been uh, well, which was filmed over the last 20 years has been put onto uh, streaming platforms and their 1996 i believe is headline set is still to this day one of the best sets i've ever seen it's 1996-1997 if you can get hold of it to watch them live um, on stream platform it is a game changer for me so yeah this is my entry into radiohead and um i, I didn't even know which song to pick but this always reminds me of that of that drive to go and see my buddies up in college i love that when i when i was researching the lyrics of the song one of one of them is i wish it was the 60s i wish i could be happy and the note on it um, really made me laugh because Tom York, I guess, was interviewed about, you know, did you really wish it was the 60s? And and I quote here, so excuse the language. No, I don't wish it was the fucking 60s. <laughs> Levi's, <laughs> Levi's jeans wish it was the 60s. I certainly fucking don't. <laughs> I just love that so much. Because, like, <laughs> again, this is, you know, it's not the first time this happened when we look into lyrics and stuff that, like, they'll sing about something or they'll say something and you know, kind of like what you were alluding to, Mark, like people will pour over the lyrics, especially if the song or the band becomes really big and, and they'll put so much meaning into things and, and extrapolate all this stuff. And then you actually go and ask the person, they're like, no, like, it's just, <laughs> I don't wish it was that. <laughs> it's just a line in a song that I sang. <laughs> totally. And there's, there's so many amazing, interesting stories about right. Radiohead. Um, and I, I obviously, I, I can't, but won't go through them now because I'll bore you all to death. But the um, one of the things, that the, the one that really sticks out for me is, I think it's Paranoid Android, which they had to spend something like five or six years trying to work out how they were going to perform it live because of all the different elements right. of the song. And that's just mind-blowing, right? It's like, how do you even, you came up with that song, but you still can't figure out how to put it. That's just amazing for me. Yeah. All right, track 10 on our home stretch here to in your mix, you've got She Bangs the Drums by the Stone Roses. Yeah, so I'd be really interested to know if you guys know much about the Stone Roses. I do, I do not. not. Did they make it to but the But I love this song. I That's think this I might have been my favorite song on the mix. So I knew nothing about them, but I was like, this is a great song. So the Stone Roses uh, were the very, very start of the, of the Britpop moment, uh, movement uh, back in the early 90s. And their their music was just mind-blowing they were they were a big influence on oasis um, and a number of other bands that came through the ranks at that time um and i think it was there there was a thing that gig was spike a place called spike island in the north of england and it created it was the first sort of outdoor show on its own of Britpop band which created you know invited eighty thousand or whatever it was people and it created such a a kind of atmosphere that that was the start of the movement they were the guys that sort of kicked everything off the album itself is just unbelievable. Um, and again, it's a great entry into their, the rest of their music. Um, and yeah, it's just for me, it's, I, I go back to Stone Roses a lot and I missed out. I wasn't early enough in Britpop to, to really appreciate their music at that time. But going back into, you know, discovering music I should have been listening to or could have been listening to, then yeah, I, I always revisit the Stone Roses. I love the lyrics in here. Um, the one that really caught my eye was, the past was yours, but the future's mine you're all out of time. And I just kind of love that that sentiment, which I think every single generation as we go through the, you know, the various generations um, kind of looks at the preceding ones with this kind of sentiment, right? Like the past is yours, the future is mine, you're all out of time. And it's just so interesting to uh, to kind of, you know, experience that out. And so those lyrics just immediately jumped out to me. 
I also really love the opening bass line to this song. Um, so I'm I'm happy you introduced us to the Stone Roses. That's that's a, a like a, a group that we're definitely going to be di- diving into more of. Yeah, I agree. It's the bass line. I think that that's what stands out to me. I think about a lot of British pop as. You know, I, I I experience very little of it sort of in real time. But now that I go back and listen to a lot of these songs, I think it's the bass line that always gets me. It's um, it's it's one of those things where there, there's a there's a film somewhere I've, I've seen it and about the documentary of how it came to pass and the movement. It's it's the entire culmination of a lot of different cultures coming together. Um, at that point in time, I think in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, you've got the rave movement. Um, EDM coming through um, in like Detroit and obviously in the north of, of the UK as well, and this this, this this kind of movement which was centered around Manchester, and this was the band that was you know heading this up for the Britpop side. I, w- I would be surprised actually if they even class themselves as a Britpop band, but um, it certainly fits into my recollections of that time. Well, speaking of great bass lines, we get to track eleven here, the only one I know by the Charlatans. Um, really cool love song, and again, I love the bass line throughout this one, but tell us why you you picked it. <laughs> it's in a similar vein to um, Go Back to Republica. I think it's a song that really defines the Britpop movement. Um, the Charlatans are, again, a very, I think, underrated band as far as, you know, making you know, the real, real headlines, and it's just a great track. It was weird. I didn't know this, but um, having a look back into their music and, and reading a little bit more about um, the various different uh, history of the band. I didn't realize there's also a, a US Charlatans. So when the Charlatans went to tour in America, they had to call themselves the Charlatans UK. <laughs> so not to confuse the, the other fans of the band. So yeah. <laughs> wow. That's like um, they did not SEO optimize there. It was. Uh... <laughs> 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 That's <was> great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hadn't heard the Charlatans, either one, actually. So um, this was also a new introduction to me, and it was really good. I like it. Um, the I like the the lyrics that stood out to me here was, everyone has been burned before, everybody knows the pain. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know, just really good, really great song. Let's, um, let's take this home to your last track on your mix. You've got She Said by The Long Pigs, uh, which is actually... This is one of those ones where I went through the lyrics and it's a pretty rough song uh, in terms of, of <laughs> what he's singing about. Yes. It actually reminded me a little bit of Fancy, uh, the Reba McIntyre song that we've referenced before on, yeah. on the Wait, What Was That? Um, so definitely like if, if you listen to this one and really pay attention to the lyrics or look them up because it tells a pretty sad story. But tell us why this one uh, closes out your mix, Mark. So if we're going to start with Rock and Roll Star by Oasis as kind of like the first introduction to Britpop, this is kind of where I left Britpop with The Long Pigs. It was one of those songs which I think was at the end of the of the 90s. Um, it was quite an aggressive, punky, you know, punchy song. And again, they're a band which don't really get much recognition. They, they've had a really um, tumultuous um, journey, uh, being dropped by the label, being picked up by the U2's label, um, um, this song itself was released to no real acclaim the first time round, and then they reissued it a year later, and it did you know fairly well, came to sixteen in charts over here. Um, but it's if, if if you were to play this song in any sort of public place in the UK, I would imagine ninety percent of people from my age would know what it was, but they wouldn't know the band name. And I think that's a really I don't know if it's a sorry state of affairs or if it's just a great song. 
Um, but that's kind of why I see it. This is like the, the exit of Britpop for me. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, songs like that, I feel like, where people know the song so well, but then you ask them, you know, do, you, do you know anything of this band or do you know who sings this song? And they have no idea. So, um, yeah, we, we, we have a lot of that here as well. But, yeah, like Samer said, when I dove into the lyrics of this one, I was like, man, these, I don't think these two people like each other at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a lot of Britpop for you, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, it also, it wasn't, um, I think it was, it did, well, as a single for them, it performed probably the best at chart success, but they are critically acclaimed for the album it was on. So again, uh, as an intro to the band, it's a very good way of sort of getting into the rest of their music, which is again, stellar. So yeah. Well, Mark, this was a great mix. Uh, so much great Britpop. And uh, like you said, so many great introductions to so many great bands. So I think people are going to really dive into um, maybe the further catalog of some bands they know, like Oasis and Blur and Radiohead, but um, but also some bands maybe they're not as familiar with, like the Long Pigs. So, so great work. Um, tell the people where they can find you and uh, read more of your stuff and get to know more British music. Yeah, I mean... Um... My address probably isn't helpful based on I'm in the UK, but I'd, um, from a coming to suburb perspective, I think we're always looking for people who are, you know, fans of music, fans of writing, fans of just sharing. So suburbculture.com is, is where you'll find me um, and a lot of other fans who are sharing great reviews of great music um, and also when it comes back live. So, yeah, I, I can spell out the address. It's not the easiest sometimes, but it's, yeah, S-U-B-B-A hyphen C-U-L tcha.com and the reason it's called Subculture for any big music fans out there is down to a Pixies song called Subculture and if you look at the lyrics of that song that's almost in line with uh, she said it's pretty dark but it's all about the <laughs> the undercurrent of sub of, of culture giving you another view on perspective so we're, we're not trying to be a billboard or a pitchfork or, or anyone else we're, we're trying to be fans writing about music and that's what we always look for it's open to everyone so you guys should start reviewing Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think, we'll have to get on there. Absolutely, yeah. I love that, and we'll include the uh, links to your um, to Subculture and to your Instagram and, and to a number of other things in the show notes. So be sure to check out the show notes there to check out Mark's uh, Mark's work and and fan reviews. Um, and Matt, where can they find more of Super Awesome? Super Awesome can be found on social media: Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Super Awesome Mix. And like Samarall says, we're most active on Instagram. So give us a follow there. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast and share the podcast. Um, and Samer, how can they support the show? There are a number of ways they can support the show. Um, you can check out some of the merch that we have selling on our website, which we'll also include in the show notes. Um, I'm actually currently wearing a super awesome mix hat as we record this. It's one of my favorites now. Um, and you can also become a Patreon. And when you become a Patreon, you actually gain access to even more content. Um, we do bonus tracks. We're going to have extra bonus episodes. Um, and in generally, just help support the show and, and get access to some exclusive content. So those are just some of the ways. You can also just leave us a, a review in the podcast app if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. That is also very helpful and super appreciated. Or review Great on Subculture. Or yes, review it exactly. on Subculture. Yes, <laughs> yeah. we'll get to I get love a review that. on Subculture. Yes, I love That's that. Next, yep. Uh, well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I feel like a volume two is in the offing somewhere <laughs> down the line. Um, 
So, yes, uh, thanks. Great music there. Great choices. And uh, there you go. Another super awesome mix in the books. So for Mark and Samer, this is Matt, and we'll see you next time with yet another super awesome mix. Super Awesome Mix is brought to you by DLM. Make shopping easy with DLM, the one-stop shop for all your casual clothing needs. Shop DLMSupplyCo.com and enter the promo code AWESOME at checkout to save 15% off your first purchase. That's DLMSupplyCo.com.